Well, good morning, church. Bless you. Are you warm enough? If you're not, move your arms about, do something. If you're waving, I know you're not asking a question, you're just trying to keep warm. We're trying really hard to set this temperature with our biomass boiler, where we come in in the morning and think it's really warm in here, but by the time we get to this bit, people start to get cold. So if you put your coat on, I know you're not getting bored and want to go home. I know maybe you're feeling that the temperature's changing, but by all means, just move around, do whatever you're doing. My desire for you this morning is that you give me a little bit of latitude. Is that all right? I want to press one way and then press another way. But also, as we've said about this dreaded lurgy, I know I can feel I've got this little element in the back of my voice. So if somewhere I change between Alan Jones and Barry White, it's, I'm not doing it on purpose. There is just something that we're finding. Is that all right? Okay, so let's come around the word. This morning, I want to bring a word to you that the Lord laid on my heart. This word is called, as I have a title this week, Ralph, so you don't have to ask me for, can I make something up? I've actually given it a title. The title is, The Unstoppable Power of One. The Unstoppable Power of One. I don't want to take too much time this morning, but when God started to set something in our hearts in the building in the Spirit last week about the frequency of heaven... And the notes and keys that were being released to the church, not just to the Dream Center, something inside of me started to dance. Something inside of me started to move, and it was almost like the Mary and Elizabeth situation where something leapt on the inside. Do you know, it's amazing. went out for a meal with Pastor Tony and, and Angie and Carol after we had Sunday night. And Pastor Tony's going, I don't know why I bother preparing, because every time I prepare, God just turns left. I said, yeah, but just imagine what would happen if you didn't prepare. You know, I am not one of those guys that says, if I just open my mouth, Lord, you'll fill it. Yeah, with my, either my fist or mud. We have to prepare and allow God to turn us left, right, forwards, backwards, up, down, any direction he wants. Is that all right? Yes. So this morning, I do not have a happy meal for you. Is that okay? I am going to do a Shirley Duffield. I am going to put a pile in front of you that if you get through it, wonderful. Or maybe to the shame and detriment, of the Duffield name, for those who have seen the shame of Facebook, I am not going to mention it, but it was Paul, could not eat his dinner, I have never heard of a Duffield never being able to eat his dinner, but he couldn't, he overfaced himself, so today I pray that you are hungry, you are ready, and we're going to get tucked into God's word. But we'll go left, right, up, down, backwards and forwards, so play with me, okay? Because I'm going to play with you. All right. Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 and 9, start to say this. Now, the whole world had one language and one common speech. A people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used bricks instead of stone and bitumen and mortar. 
Then they said, come let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to heaven so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language, say they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over the earth. They stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Why, when everything that God's talking about, we've been dealing with push, pull, pressing, pursuing God, that God, we must have an active testimony. This is what a scripture felt the Lord lay in our hearts about the Tower of Babel. Number one, I want to say something that's contrary to the scripture that we've just read. By the way, let me just give you a caveat of last time I preached, because the main scripture I used declared this. Ask for rain in the season of rain. And Pastor Tony came to me afterwards and said, but Phil, it doesn't say that in the NIV. And I said, yes, but I wasn't reading from the NIV. The only bit was I didn't tell you. So if I'm not reading from the NIV today, I'll tell you. But the scripture turns around and says this, that they built this tower... The Tower of Babel, they decided to build a tower that would reach up and touch heaven. Now, the scripture says here that they spoke one language. Is that right? Are you sure? Do we need to ask you a question? Okay, let's clarify them. God does not bring confusion. God is not the author of confusion. The scripture writes here and is explained that God said, let us go and confuse them. But God is not the order of confusion. God is the author of life and clarity. Yes? God does not bring confusion. He removes understanding. God removes understanding from them. The scripture says, speaking the same language as they had begun, will anything be impossible for them? Now, I know that you're all really good biblical scholars, so you're going to say, yes, what about this one language, though, Phil, that we're looking at there from Genesis 11? Or why don't we turn back a a chapter to Genesis chapter 10? In Genesis 10 and verse 20, it says this. These were the sons of Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Now, there's three verses in different places through 10. I'm just using one. According to their family and according to their languages and the lands and their nations. Each nation and people group already spoke a different language. What they had was the divine ability to use Star Trek freaks. They had one of those translation devices that when Kaf speaks in Mosley, I can still understand her. Somebody does when they speak in Mosley. Pat can be speaking French, somebody can be speaking Ghanaian, somebody can be speaking any language, but when we're in one environment, I still heard you. There was clarity that was brought around that people heard that. So it was not the language that was being spoken that they had in common, it was the ability to understand that allowed them to be different. You know, they harnessed the power of one, even though harnessing that power of one was in total rebellion to God. You ever give it any thought? 
God says, after the flood, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the whole earth. This people group turn together and say, we will not be scattered. We will join together and build a tower which will reach to heaven and a city that will protect us. We don't need to uh, understand the word of God. We don't need to follow the word of God. We don't need any obedience. And we will be our own protectors. So they stay in one place. They draw on that power of one. Kevin and I have had so many chats back in the day, walking around Debdale or walking around anywhere we have, and one time this statement was made. Wouldn't it be awesome if the church was able to harness the same power and that political arm the same way that the LGBT movement can? You do realise, and we've had this discussion, that that is not because I agree with you. It's being moved because it's being spirit-driven. Another day. But when the spirit starts to draw, good or bad, there will be a connection. As we said, that's for another day. Have you ever given it any thought, because I'm sure you have, being ponderous as you are, why they built a tower? Have you ever given it any thought? Why build a tower that reached to heaven? I've given it lots of thoughts and I came up with a very simple answer. I'm not saying it's biblical. I'm not saying it's right, but it is. Why build a tower? Go on, God. Try and drown me now. We are going to build something so high and live in it that if the flood ever came back and God broke his promise, you try and drown me now. Let you play with that one. We'll leave that one. All right. These are just Brucey bonuses. I'm just letting you have, but no, no. We learned something inauthentic over all of last year. So let's see if we've still learned and remember what we learned. God does not live in time. God lives in eternity. And when he speaks his word, his word is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Because it's in eternity and not in my pocket of time we don't need to expand that again do we we got that one covered so God turns around and said when I release my word it will accomplish that which I set it out to do we stand in time and say his word seems to be elongated or taken a long time to become fulfilled But to God, he speaks out his word and he's always living in that existent word. His word is today, yesterday and tomorrow. His word is the same. I'm still Bible. Yeah. So we start to see that when... There's so many caveats I can take and so many different avenues. I'm trying to behave and be good with myself because I want to explain too much and I won't. This whole process of saying that when a people group comes together and has one language of understanding, when they hear one joint word, things change. The scripture says when God is speaking from heaven, nothing will be impossible for them. They will be able to accomplish anything when they come together in this power of one. Yes? So let me read you a scripture from Luke chapter 9 and verse 1 to 6. 
He says, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all the demons and cure disease. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God, to heal those who were ill. He told them, take nothing with you on your journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. I have this discussion with Ange every time we pack an overnight bag. It doesn't seem to work, so I do believe that Ange will never be a disciple because there's always more than one shirt. We need more money. I'm taking me tuck shop. There's always something that's going in there. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave that town, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing the sick. Four things. They went in his power. They went in his authority. They drove out all demons and they healed all who were ill. That's not a bad start, is it? Well, I said that's not a bad start, is it? Do you think we might settle for some of that? Do you think we might decide as the Dream Centre and as individuals in it, if I carried some power, some authority, some healing and some authority over some demonic forces, I might be doing all right. So he turns around and says to them, go in my power and my authority. See, the big stumbling block that we have in church, not the Dream Centre, but church, is that I feel like I'm not good enough, smart enough, I've not prayed enough, I've not read enough, I've not beaten myself up, I'm not walking in the light the way that I should work in the light. Have I, am I singing songs or am I worshipping? Did I come from the throne room? Am I trying to get in the throne room? Am I uh, black, white, green, yellow in between? Am I male, am I female? Am I educated, am I not educated? I find every reason under the sun why it can't be me. Well, it's me and Veronica who kind of have that same kind of argument. We try and psych ourselves, build ourselves, get to the place of going, if I say Kalagasita, I'll have a shandy enough, then I'm going to be ready to go. I have told you and used this illustration before, so forgive me, but I'm going to use it again because it's great. Back in the day when I was young and stupid, I once went to Edinburgh and they've got an Olympic-sized swimming pool in Edinburgh. I think Eric was there. And they have a diving pool. And in this diving pool, they have a diving board. Diving board. Normal people. I'm on the diving board. I'm off the diving board. Idiot. 16. Showing off. Let's all be there. I'm there. You're going to... I'm not going off this diving board. I'm going off this 15 metre board. And if any of you seen the clip with Mr Bean when he decides to get up on there, and I'm not going off the little board, I'm going to the top, and then you get to the end. And you can't do it. But guess what? All of them people at the bottom that you just told are doing it are all waving at you. There's no back. You can't go back. So I kind of figured something out. I'm not brave enough to jump. And you can't jump or you get thrown out. You've got to dive. You're not allowed to jump off the diving board. Because jumping off, you kind of think, what the heck, I'll give it a go. But you've got to go head first off this diving board and hope that you are not going to make the biggest belly flop when you hit the water you've ever had. But now I've got no confidence. I've lost all of Everything's gone. But all them girls I'm trying to impress down there, Sorry, Hans, that was before the day. It was BC, before you came along. 
and I'm on the edge of this diving board, but what do you do? Because I've got no confidence to go, but I can't go back. So I came up with a theory, very quick, on the spot, super scientist as I am. Gravity, allow gravity to take over. So if you stand on the end and rock, you get to the place of no return. And then you try and make it look good on the way down, which it didn't, but it's just that whole thing of that when we try and psych ourselves up to do something, we see we can be in a Sunday morning meeting, we can be in a prayer meeting, we can be whatever. God's turned up, he's healing, he's moving, and we are going to do everything on Monday morning. Is life not going to be different on Monday? When I leave here on Sunday, you know what, we're taking the world. And then I come back next week saying, you know, by next Monday, we're going to take the world. And it's all about, can I psych myself up? But you're not like me, are you? I know you're not like me because you're all doing it. And you're changing your environments. But this whole process of going, do I know enough? Where am I clean enough? When will I be ready? It starts with where you are today. So let me ask you a question. Are we in a greater or lesser position than the original disciples? Are we in a greater or lesser position? Greater. Why greater? Catherine, you just said it. I know I'm supposed to be preaching, but I'm doing questions and answers this morning. Right, so greater is he. Okay, any more? Any more for any more? We've got the word before us. We've got the Holy Ghost. Greater works than these shall we do. Well, hey, we've been reading our Bibles this week or our fresh magnets, haven't we? There we go. Delma, were you going to say something? Oh, you're going to copy somebody else, right? Okay. <laughs> our position is all of those is that we sit in a greater because we are seated with him in heavenly places and our starting position is here rather than here. But shall I let you into something else? It might be biblical. Why our starting position is better than this. The authority that they moved in, they moved, they healed the sick, they dealt in the demonic realms, they did and moved as he had said before they were saved. Oh. All right. Like I said, there's so many rabbit trails I could take this morning. I don't want to. But this is a position before the cross, before he's died, before they can believe in his name. They went and trusted him in the authority he was releasing. We go, you have the Holy Spirit as a guarantee, deposit guarantee in your inheritance. I'm in you. I give you my word. I speak to you. I have authority. Our position is here. We're not trying to get into the throne room. It's from the throne room out. All of this is our portion But yet our position of producing is so little compared to the people who didn't have. Something needs to be turned around. So he sends out the 12. Question. Why 12? Why does Jesus have the 12? He has the 12 for a specific reason. He's fulfilling prophecy that there will be a witness 
from every tribe. So the 12 original tribes of Israel are represented in the 12. It speaks of wholeness and 12 speaks of government, if you desire to do any biblical studies into biblical numerology. 12 is there for a reason. So he gets these 12 guys together and he starts to send them out. Now there's one thing that gives me great hope when I start to look at the disciples. Do you know what great hope there is about the disciples? They are a right ragtag bunch of misfits. They're a ragtag bunch of misfits. You turn around and say, when Jesus turns around and says, Paul, and you shall be called the son of thunder. I'm trusting it was because he had a bad temper and not because he had a dodgy stomach. You turn around and go, you're always in a bad mood. You're like this. You've got these guys. You look at them. These are a bunch of men, all apart from Jesus and Peter, biblically, are under 30 years of age. They've all got their testosterone. Most of them come from successful backgrounds, and they all have to jockey for position. So that dynamic of core dynamic of having these people working together and doing something must have been like herding cats. Just like dealing with you and you dealing with me. All right. It's like herding cats. They are just this nutty bunch of people. Ah, oh, but can you prove that, Phil? Well, I'm glad you asked, as Pastor Tony would say. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 46, it says this. And an argument started out amongst the disciples to which of them would be the greatest. I'm better than you. No, you're not. Hey, two blind people I did last week. Hey, never mind, blind. You're doing blind. Leprosy. Lepre- you don't do much past leprosy. They're not even allowed in town. I had to go out of town. The blind man came to... You can see it. The pettiness of the individualism. And then the two go to Jesus and just oh, send mum. Quick word, Jesus. About right and left, two seats. One for him, one for me. Christmas bonus in it for you. Each one is working against the others. Each one is jockeying to say, I will be the best. Now let's try and put this in context. When they turn around and say this in Luke 9, before them had just been the transfiguration and the feeding of the 5,000. So he's revealed himself as the Christ on the mountain. They're the ones hiding, going, cool, it's not good for us to be here. Next thing you know, I'm still better than you. The ragtag bunch are still fighting themselves, are still divided. Unity and harmony is not the order of the day. (laughs) Scrap your picture of Robert Powell doing Jesus of Nazareth, blue eyes, blonde hair, all through the sunset, and it's all, oh, nobody says boo to a goose. These are the ones who are always arguing, fighting with each other, scrapping in the background that Jesus has to do something with. Just imagine it. They're going from town to town and the argument comes up. Who's sharing with Peter? Who's sharing with, who's sharing with, who's sharing with Peter? I had Peter last time. Who's having Peter? He snores. His feet st- he always smells of fish. He stinks. And if you wake him up, he's in a stinky mood all day. Judas. Who's getting Judas? You know what? When we ever go out for dinner, he never pays. Call him pockets. They call him pockets for a reason. He never puts his hand in it. You can see it. This is Phil's understanding of the Mancunian scriptures. 
when you put yourself in that environment, that when they're arguing and they're divided, there is no unity. He's dealing with things in so many ways. They are not perfect people, but they got perfect results. You see, I come to Jesus as I am. The issue is I want to stay there. I come to him as I am, and then I am changed from one degree of glory to the next. We've said this before, and I know that it becomes a bit of a stone in your shoe, but I don't care. I'll say it anyway. That when we turn around and said it's very often that when we come to church, we say, well, what we need to do is, well, Pat, sorry, Pat, it's your own fault, sitting in my eye line. Uh, Pat, bless her, she now sins less than she did before. Bless her. Should we all give a round of applause for Pat? She's not as fallen as she was before. And if, yes, come to the Dream Centre, we say fallen women. And if you do, say one for me was the term that used to be on the poster. So we turn around and we celebrate the fact that she's just better than she used to be. Is that the standard? Or is the standard stop? All right, read your own scriptures. So we looked at the 12. We're looking at the power of that when we can have this unstoppable power of one. Let's read another scripture to you in Luke chapter 10. So this is the chapter after. He's already sent out the 12. They've come back. Now after the Lord appointed 70 others and he sent them out in pairs ahead of him to every place and city to where he himself was going to go. So he sends out 12. They come back and said, this works. I'm telling you, fellas, this works. So now they say, let's double up. We've got a franchise going on here. Now we're going to send out the 70. Now, I know you're going to turn around and say to me, like I used the scripture last time that says, ask for rain in the season of rain. You say it's not in your scriptures. Now, for how many's got the NIV? Lots of us got the NIV. When you read in that scripture, it doesn't say 70, does it? It says how many? Why does it say 72? Because in the original Greek translation, there is a word in brackets, duo. And they didn't know what to do with the word duo, so they added it to the 70. Two add 70 became? There you go. So stick to a translation which is trustworthy. But he sends out the 70. He sent out the 12, now he sends out the 70. Now, in all of this, as he sends them out, there's 35 teams being sent to every city that he himself will go to. 35 individual teams are being sent out. So now we ask ourselves the question, why 70? We said 12 because 12 was for, to represent... So what does 70 represent? Sorry, David? It represents the table of nations from Genesis chapter 10, where Ham, Shem, and Japheth have 70 sons between them. The 70 sons produce the 70 nations from which every single one of us derives our DNA background. 
So when you go on and you've been following the TV advert and it goes, DNA.com, why don't you find out where you're from? Pat's part Scandinavian, part Welsh and part Guatemalan. You know, you throw it out, don't you? Oh, I was quite surprised that I'm Guatemalan. I wonder why my dad was a sailor. You know, you get all of these bits, don't you? There is three strains to that DNA, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, had 70 sons, and those 70 sons are the nations of the world. So Jesus turns around, and he's already speaking prophetically, and it says, not only do we originally speak to Israel, but every nation will have a representation. Okay, I'll let you do your own homework. Do you know, I got quite giddy about this. I got quite excited when I was putting some of this stuff together. The 12 will have a witness, but the 70 will also have a witness. Jesus turns around and he makes this declaration. Every nation under the face of the earth will have a witness in its day. Every tribe, every tongue will have it. Now, let me just get you off your selfish charismania for a moment. That blank look just says, what are you talking about? So let me explain. The gospel goes like this. True, but let me just tell you how it's selfish. Chris, if there was only you, Jesus Christ would still die for you. Is that true? Is that true? But did Christ die for Chris alone? For God so loved the that he gave his only begotten son. If I believe the doctrine that goes, he would just die for me, why didn't he die for Adam and get it all dealt with at the beginning? God's heart is always the nations of the world. Even when you move and you start to read all the way into, into Revelation, and in heaven there is the representation of every tribe, nation, tongue, and language that's seen before him. There is a laying hold of this power of one. Now what are you saying, Phil? Why are we not in the power of one? Why have you talked about the 12? Why have you talked about the 70? Why have you talked about the Tower of Babel? I'm glad you asked. Because Pastor Tony's not here. I have to say occasionally, I'm glad you ask, or you'll think, where is he? And I feel like I've not had my fix this week of somebody saying, I'm glad you asked. So I won't do it anymore. I've just done it twice for him today. So we look at the 12, we look at the 70. Let's look at Jesus himself for a minute. In John 21 and verse 25, it says this, And there also were many other things which Jesus did, which if they were written down in detail, I suppose not even the whole world could contain the books that would be written. I would like to think there's an awful lot of evidence of people going, if we wrote that down, my bookshelf might be bending a bit in the middle. How many eyewitnesses accounts do you have where you go, right, is an eyewitness account of the, there was an accident in Drollsden. So there was an eyewitness. So I asked Paul, then I asked them, then I asked everybody else. You imagine he feeds the 5,000. There's 5,000 accounts of one thing he did and what it meant to me. Yes? So the evidence is huge. I would like to think if you're around Nazareth, you're in Galilee, you're in that area, everybody knew somebody who knew him or had been touched by the ramifications of what he did in their life. Would you think that would be fair? Biblically. So we've seen that Jesus is having a major impact. That the disciples are going out in his power and authority and doing what he did. 
Yes? And then we're seeing the 70, stroke 72, depending on your translation. They're doing exactly the same. Is the nation being touched? So how many are in the upper room? Right, so miracles won't save you. Chris is looking puzzled, so I'll explain that point that I'm just making. We believe that if we just have miracles in church, then revival will fall everywhere and everybody gets saved. No. God has to move on the heart of the individual. Miracles help. We already said this morning in the early morning prayer meeting, today the kingdom of God, heaven, has come near you. The miracles and the demonstration of the gospel is everything that we need. We need to have the full expression. But we believe that if I just have a miracle and I show a miracle, that's going to keep somebody in Jesus Christ. Does it? Do you know why? Because it didn't keep most of us. Use that again, different day. So let me start to put some meat on this bones that we have. We said, how many disciples are they? There's 12 disciples. As you can see, 12. Can't count. Got to pull my shoes and socks off. There are 12 disciples. But in these 12 disciples, we found all the way through the Gospels, they are 12 individuals. They do things while being sent out in pairs. They have to put up with each other when they're in this group of 12. Now, you just tell me that you wouldn't be cheesed off. Now we go, right, we're all a team and I love you. You're my ones. You get to be all my buddies. You 12. How many is with 12? You're 12. Whether you're 12 or not, you're 12. This is all my buddies. So you can be the rest. You can be the 72 and all those who are following us. But this is me 12. Now, are you not cheesed off already that you're not in the 12? Right, so you're cheesed off. Hang on a minute. I've been around longer than Pat and we've already seen that she's from Guatemala. She shouldn't even be in. We've got the 12, so you're already a bit cheesed off being part of the 72. Now, in the 12, I turn around and go, Paul, 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 Emma, Ange, you're my favourites. Shh. I won't say anything. You three are my favourites. That when I do something special, tell me that doesn't set person against person and this friction going on. There are 12 individuals. But something starts to change that allows those individuals to become one man. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together in one place, with one mind, with one purpose, with one heart, with one prayer, with one desire, fulfilling one command. Remain in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. What changed in that 40 days from the death and resurrection to being in Acts 1 that allowed these men to become one man? Understanding is an element that certainly comes back. It says that, and Jesus taught them for 40 days. He opens the scriptures to them. He brings understanding to the spirit man that shows them this is bigger than you. There is a purpose. There is a connection. The ragtag bunch of wannabes suddenly become a one man. They stop jockeying for position. 
They stop jockeying for position to who will be the greatest to when you read in Acts chapter 2, and the eleven stood with Peter. One man, there are twelve of us, but there is one voice. Twelve now become one voice. They start to tap into that power of one. Remember what we said from Genesis right at the beginning. And as if a people speak in the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing will be impossible for them. The connectedness and the understanding starts to make this a one group people. Now I'm going to just be Phil for a minute. Could be me for a minute, just for a minute. I'm going to be the one who's going to be cheesed off with Peter. There, I've said it. It's out, it's out, I've said it. I'm going to go, we're all faithful. You bailed on him. It was a month ago you bailed. You denied him three times, cock crows. We heard Peter. We were there. You were in the garden. You pulled your sword out. You cut a guy's ear off. You got us all in trouble. I'm cheesed off with Peter. Is anybody else who might be feeling cheesed off with Peter? But then if you read scripture, you actually found out out of the 12, there was only one who could actually walk into that room that was called John and actually have anything because one denied it. One denied him, Peter. One betrayed him, Judas. And what did the other nine do? Pegged it. Good old Mancunian term there for you, isn't it? Pegged it. They pegged it. The only one who stayed faithful to the end was John. John went to the trial. John goes to the high priest's house. John goes to the cross. John is given, and here's ownership of my mother. Today, here is your mother, here's your son. He didn't even get a mother-in-law, did he? He got a mother, was brought in. So they've all bailed, but no one's now finger-pointing about who did anything. They're there to carry the one message. Things changed when they met that resurrected Lord. Now in Acts chapter 2, start getting excited. In Acts chapter 2, Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, the crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in their own Now, if you do a quick breakdown, and I haven't, but I'm trying to think from memory, I think there's something like 16 or 17 different languages mentioned. And there was Medes, Persians, Greeks, Romans, Jolsdonians, whatever it is, they're all listed here. But yet each one hears, hears the gospel in clarity in their own language. That which was removed from Babel, God by the Holy Ghost starts to move in a frequency of heaven that allows them to hear the gospel in their own native language and not only do that but move towards repentance because how can a man come to the Father unless the Father first draws him? Yes? So in this process, you have the ministry of Jesus Christ. He's done, he's fed the 5,000. He's walked on water. He's raised the dead. He's got everything. He's been at the banquet. He's been the one, the best wedding you've ever had. Not only were they doing a full old YMCA in the disco, he's going, it's a free bar, it's open. It's all going. But at the end, he's left with 120. The disciples stand as one man and the Holy Ghost brings understanding and 3,000 were added to their number 
in one day. Because when one group of people became one man, Holy Ghost has to move. Pastor Tony was very much, he was very passionate last Sunday morning when he talked about, because we'd not had an early morning prayer meeting, he'd been down to the Afghan market as it's known, and he'd seen the nations of the world and he was moved. Do you realise that when you see in scripture the nations come together, God always turns up? And he's looking to bring clarity and understanding. We're not having a Babel moment. There is clarity and understanding. Now here's something which is so key. I believe it's key anyway. You might look at me and go, I believe it's key. The church following the 120 day of Pentecost carried the same DNA as the 120. So what do we mean by that? Acts 2, 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders signs performed by the apostles. All believers were together in one place with everything in common. Now when we say everything was in common, it wasn't was... Kath's got a red scooter, so I've got a red scooter. I've got Adidas, and you've got Adidas. They have one thing in common, because it's one heart, one purpose, one voice. It's one moving of the Holy Ghost. But it is one level of understanding that when the Holy Ghost spoke the word, it resonates, and there's a frequency it starts to move. Do you remember we used the term last year? Some of you ladies didn't like it, but you fellas knew exactly what I was talking about. Let's save it for the fellas. Hey! Right, thanks, fellas. Great. This is all the MPEX all around here. All right, let's save it for the fellas. Hey! All right. Sorry, ladies, you're winning. When it says, never touch... Chips. 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 (laughs) Moment on the lips. Moment on the lips, Kath. Thank you, David, for listening. Never touch a man's radio. A man can touch your radio, as Angie always tells me. Never touch a man's radio. It's all right, Angie, you're not a man. You never touch a man's radio. If you get in my car, you don't touch my radio. It has my frequencies on. Dan's not allowed in. If it's Smooth FM, whether it's a little bit of Radio 2 or Talk Sport, what it's on, the channel it's on, is the channel it's on. Yes, and the car. We always said, and we used the term last year, and we're trying not to take up too much time, about not touching a radio, because my radio is set to a frequency. Ruby will come up, and she'll be kicking the radio buttons to see if there's, where can I get hot, hot, heavy house from, or garage band, something, it's going on. She's trying to find something that's little minks, or stinks, or whatever it's called. She's trying to find something that's not found on Smooth FM. But we all know anything you ever need in life is found on Smooth FM. So you have a frequency. Now in John and in me and in Kath and in you, the Holy Ghost sets a frequency of understanding who Jesus Christ is, what the Holy Ghost has done to us, his purposes and his plans for us. He sets a frequency. When I move to religion, law, not good enough, oh, I'm only in the dark, I can't get to the light, I start resetting that frequency and I lose understanding. 
let's make it practical. Have you ever sat in a church meeting and everybody seems to be encountering God and you're there going, what the heck is going on? Because Veronica is just a bag of washing here. She's, what's she got? What is she seeing, feeling, hearing that I'm not? Something changed on the frequency. And what happened with the birth of this New Testament church, they all had the same frequency. And what moved calf moved me. What was Veronica's passion was my passion. They had one gospel, one message, one Christ, one healing, one demonstration. Everything became the power of one. So where did it all go wrong? Let me jump ahead a little bit before I ask that question of what goes wrong. I want to give you a statement first that I felt the Holy Ghost give me, so I'm going to give it you. So if you have any issues, take it up with him. Let me ask you a question. Are you a spectator or are you a stakeholder in the kingdom of God? Are you a spectator or a stakeholder in the kingdom of God? Because if you're a stakeholder, you must be able to start demonstrating the one-man company. But that's for later. So what is this unstoppable power of one? It's not just that we have understanding... It's not just Tower of Babel. It's not just the 12 are sent out. It's not that all the stuff that Jesus did. It's not about the 72. And it's not even about, about the book of Acts where the church come together and have all things in common. In John 17, verse 20, it says this. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you and me are in me and I in you, may they also be in us and may the world believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are. So what is the prayer of Jesus Christ? That we are one as he is one. Now, we're not going to get bogged down into the quagmire of what is unity and what isn't unity. Shall we, all, shall we all do a dance together around the maypole with the Catholics and the Baptists? Let's just stick to what he's saying. That you will be one as I am one, as we are one. It's not an opinion. This is his prayer and his heart's desire. This is known in this scripture as the high priestly prayer of Jesus Christ as he's praying for the church. And his desire was, I don't know if you didn't see this, God, give Paul the ability to pray for every blind person he's ever met and ever will meet. And we'll pray for Chris that when he walks down the street, the demons will run the other way. His prayer was that you may be one as we are one. Yes. Who's the spirit that he gave us? He gives us the Holy Spirit as a deposit guarantee in our inheritance. What is the role of the, role of the Holy Spirit? To lead us into all truth. He is the one who brings wisdom. He is the one who brings understanding. He is the one who reveals the mind of. 
So he reveals the mind of Christ, he reveals the heart of the Father, the hidden things from heaven he makes known to you. He brings understanding, he brings clarity to you and I. That you may be one, as I am one, that we move into this understanding that causes us to become unstoppable. Do you know what? We've not done something for so long, even the thought of doing a little bit seems to scare us. So when we say nothing is impossible, we kind of go, you're over there. Can we just start here, please, on square one? Square one is when we start to move towards him, his heart becomes open, his purposes become open, his passion becomes open. See, we turn around and say, oh my Lord, Father, give me the heart of Christ. That you may be one, as we are one, that you come into wisdom, understanding. And what is the wise man? The wise man is the one who puts these things into action. We become an action-based church when we become one. That is, his heart to become one because you're unstoppable. This whole thing of saying, right, we carry light, we carry life. We are lighthouses against the rocks. I tell you what... I'm going to do something, Lighthouse or Siren Church. I'm going to write something on that, I tell you. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit 1, Phil Neil. We're going to have to get to this place of finding this power of one that joins us corporately together in a unity that allows us to be and to do. All that Jesus tells us in Acts 1, all that Jesus began to do and teach, We are not words alone. We have to be action-based. Now I'm going to steal Cast Gloria. I said I wasn't going to share the testimony, but I'm going to nick a little bit because it blessed me this morning. She gets this mad phone call, jumps out of bed, quarter to nine, quarter to nine, close it. I tell you what, it was a ridiculous hour anyway. She gets out of bed, the phone's ringing, thinks it's mum, fell down the stairs again. Stop drinking, mother. She gets the phone, it's the courts. The courts say, can you come in tomorrow? I don't want to come in tomorrow, but I'll come in. I don't know why. God, what are you doing? You're like, I'm ad-libbing bits of this. Get the full story from Kath. She goes to court, and there's only a lady she's never met before as one of the other magistrates. God help them, there's only two of them now. So good cop, bad cop, they're going to play this between them. And this lady goes, oh, 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 was it shoulder, wasn't it? Shoulder. Shoulder and back. Oh, got a problem with me, shoulder and back. I'll ad-lib this a little bit. If only there was someone who could help me with my shoulder and my back. Oh, my shoulder. Oh, oh, it's doing me. And Kath's going, all morning, this woman's going, oh, me, oh, me. Oh. Everybody's getting sent down that morning. They're all, they're all getting down. You're all guilty. That's it. I'm, I'm having a bad day. You're all going down. Then you get to brew time. They're having a bit of a brew, a chocolate biscuit. All going in there. Oh, if only there could be somebody who could help me with my shoulder and my back. And Kath sat there, dicking her hobnobs. <laughs> Holy Ghost, maybe she's talking to you. <laughs> Again, get the full story off Kath because she tells it better than I do. And it's, I'm a Christian, do you mind if I just pray for you? And the response was, I'd love you to. I'd love you to. Do you know what you find out? We're the ones who have a problem saying, can I pray for you and bless you? Can I bless you? No, you can't bless me. Can't get a doctor's appointment for six months. Can I pray for you? No, I'd rather stay sick. Thank you very much. No, I would love you to pray. And what blessed me 
Kaf said, I didn't kind of go all sheepish over here. She's still using wisdom and tact. She didn't go all freaky Friday. She just laid her hands on the lady and just started to pray. And the term that she used was, and heaven came down. The woman nearly falls off her seat. Me back, neck, it's all gone. First question, what was that? The kingdom of heaven has just drawn near you. But bless her, not once, but twice in the same week, with a com- day after, with a completely different lady, with somebody going, oh, I've got a bad stomach. If only someone could help me with my bad stomach. Praise for a Hindu lady. Oh, we can't cross-pollinate. Praise for the Hindu lady. She's completely, everything's okay. And the lady hugs her, breaks down in tears, and is just weeping because somebody took the time out. And she had been praying to her God that somebody could help her get healed. Right, let me introduce you to Jesus. Well, I can tell by your faces it did as much for you as it did for me this morning. That is your portion and it's my portion. The power of one group of people going, he's still in the business of healing and delivering and setting people free. Captives and prisoners coming to the light because you're a lighthouse. Oh God, can somebody light me spark? I'll slap me myself, that's what God says. I'll slap me myself. I am the one who has to keep myself active and alive. I find myself in his presence. I draw from his presence to carry out that message. Oh, we're still not convinced, are we? Let me just finish off with something. It's power of one. Scripture says, doesn't it? Two are better than one, for they have a better return for their labors. If I can break away from who gets credit for what we do, we'll all work. Because if I go, I've just told Chris, I've put in all the hard work, and Chris got it over the line, and people went, you know what, that Chris at the Dream Center, he's fantastic, isn't he? I'm like that in the corner. Because <laughs> again, that's not you. Again, that's not you. But when we work, and it doesn't matter whose name is on the end of it, but it's the glory... We're moving, we're changing something. What about learning to celebrate with the successes of others when I myself have not seen the success? Yeah. It's called growing up, isn't it? How about this unity that has a DNA marker to it that isn't found everywhere? We have the DNA that says, Lord, give me your heart, give me your thoughts, give me your desires. But Lord God, Father, let that be outworked, that when you said, let we, us be one as you are one, we can actually make it a reality, that then they will know that you're my disciples. Amen. Know that saying about having a love for one another, but it's more of a, and they have all things in common. Yeah. Unity brings commanded blessing. Yeah. For where the Lord, where two dwell together in unity, the Lord Commands a blessing. 
He's not thinking about it Monday morning. No, oh, I've got nothing to do Monday. Wednesday's half day closing. What have we got left? Oh, better commanded blessing. Paul, you're the closest. You can have a bit. Where there's a body that's moving towards him with his desires, not my will but your will be done, when I'm laying hold of him, that power of one is birthed again inside the church, God says, I can't help but turn up and lay my hand upon it. Connectedness causes heaven to come down. It's the answer to prayer of Christ. Nothing will be impossible for us. And it is the true demonstration of your maturity. All right, it's just a few. <laughs> Elvis on the front row has just, <laughs> thank you very much. This unity that we can pull together and this power of one that we have understanding because we hear heaven, our frequency is set in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, is leading us into all truth. I'm the one who's willing not to hide my light under a bushel, but for it to be seen. And I'm willing for things to get awkward and uncomfortable. (laughs) All right, see if we can get past this row here a second. I'm willing for things to get awkward and uncomfortable. Do you know we didn't even get past the front row that time? (laughs) I'm willing for things to get awkward and uncomfortable. What does that mean? That means I may be in a situation where I feel, my God, I'm just going to be obedient, and you do what Kath did. Andy, not long ago, in Dunelm, when the lady falls down the the stairs, first point of reference wasn't, can I get the first aid box, but jumps in and starts to pray. Now, I use this term, and I'd be... Really honest with you, because we're being honest, aren't we? Are we having an honesty corner this morning? People can often say, oh, Phil, I don't know what you do. You can stand at the front. Maybe you'll do a presentation. How do you do it when you stand in front of all those people? I could never do what you do. And I go like that. God, I am so glad I wasn't with Kath. (laughs) And you didn't ask me to do what you were doing with that stranger, with a bad cop, the one who slurps a tea. We all have something that makes us feel uncomfortable. So we go, yeah, but I don't want to talk to a stranger. Yeah, well, strangers talk to you. Yeah, don't I know it? The different elements where we get past what we are that's bigger than what we are because this power of one compels us. We're not doing it. As as Kath said, I'm not doing it. And always said, you're you're not getting a badge, Kath. I'm sorry. No tufty badge for you this week. Not looking for glory, you're not looking for self-gratification. You're looking for, remember something, the story that Pastor Tony shared on Thursday night, Authentic, again as we touched on it before, about the rich man and Lazarus. That when he says, don't allow any of my members of my family to come here. Pastor Tony was talking about heaven and hell, the element of heaven and hell, or parts of it on Thursday night. I had a conversation with Pastor Tony, being very honest with you later. It wasn't necessarily saying that the church has to preach hell and damnation to you. It carries a life, and it. I've come that you may have life and have life too. So we, we have a full or abundant life. So the life we're supposed to have is that when people look at you and went, how do I get to be like you? Not, you're going to hell. There is the balance. We preach 
that there is a separation, an eternal separation from God. But you want people to look at the Christ life in you and desire that life rather than, you're talking about hell, you're more miserable than me. You're more miserable. Why would I want to be like you? We carry this life dynamic that he's putting on the inside. And I said that what I believe was lost was the, the church, and I'm not speaking of the dream center, but put yourself in this bracket, get so caught up with my life and my walk, I miss and I've lost what I was saved from. So when I see this separation of what I was saved from, I turn and look at it and it drives me to say, I don't want anybody to go where they are. We want to make the same journey moving forwards. Because hell is three things. Hell is a place. Hell is a spirit. And hell is an experience. There are people who live daily in hell. To be separated from the Lord is to live in hell. Jonah turns around and said, when I was in the belly of the fish and away from you, I was in hell. Was he in the lake of fire? Was he in hell? No, it's separation from God is to be found in that place of hell. It's the spirit and it's a destination. But if we become the one-man company from acts that Jesus breathes onto, receives the gift of the Holy Spirit to take us into clarity, into understanding, into knowing him, to become those who have the captives set free with the keys of the kingdom then we carry a demonstration, the words of life. We have a demonstration of love and compassion for not only the church, but for those outside of it. Just watch how your life will change. But it's up to you where or where you don't get on board. So I leave you with the question, the question from the statement for you to pray through this week. Am I a stakeholder or am I a spectator? Do I sit in church every week, I just look around, I quite like the surroundings? Or am I a stakeholder that when he says rise, we rise? When he says go, we go. Because we will push, we will pull, and we will pursue him until we find him. Amen? Amen. Come on, church, let's just stand to our feet. The thing that blessed me more than any of this when I was putting it together was this ragtag bunch that we spoke about of disciples. It took 40 days to change their nature. So why not 40 days for us? Why not less? Why do we have to say, somewhere in the great by and by, when we go before the great throne, I'd like to believe that we become that company. Why not make that decision that says, my God, you've set the frequency in our hearts. Lord, cause there to be a commanded blessing amongst us as we hear, we understand, and we pursue you in a different way. So come on, church, let's just raise our hands just for a minute as we finish. So my God, I thank you, Lord God. I thank you 
that, Lord, your word declared. What can be too difficult for them? What can be impossible for them? Lord God, and the answer is nothing. And we just pray this morning, my God. I thank you for the brothers and sisters that are around me together. Lord God, today, Father, this is our family. This is our body. This is one body under one head, Jesus Christ. With one gospel, with one Lord, with one baptism, with one faith, under one word. And we declare right now, Lord God, let there be a level of connectedness like we've never seen before. That, Lord God, we have a desire for each other, Lord God. That we, we have a compassion towards each other. That, Lord God, Father, we, we stand as one man. Lord God, Father, we pray that we've used that illustration so many times of, Lord God, how we lock shields together. Lord God, cause it not to be a word, but a practical demonstration in our hearts as we lay hold of you. Let this body start to arise and let this house become a lighthouse. Lord God, in this town of Jolston, in the city of Manchester, that, Lord God, Father, where the ships are being crashed on the rocks on a daily basis, we pray, Lord God, we will let our light shine. We will not be looking to say, it's somebody else's fault. Nobody did it. My oil run out. Father, the time of excuses is over. I pray, my God, the birthing of a one-man company with one heart, one message, one passion, one desire. And may we fulfill fulfill the prayer of the son and the prayer of that son is that they may be one as we are one and the people of God said amen Amen. amen bless you